Welcome to the Build Different Podcast. We are your hosts, Bethany and Sarah, and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the minds of fellow real estate investors and entrepreneurs. We pull back the curtains to learn all of the secrets and strategies on the road to success. We are back for part two with Ashley Chapman. If you haven't already, be sure to go back to the previous episode for part one to catch up on how Ashley got to where she is today. In this episode, we hear more about her plans and goals for the future. So let's jump right in. So tell us about the development deals that you guys are working on or this one that you're just closing on that you said, how many units is that going to be? Well, I hope 30, but we're potentially buying the lots next door. So it seems like everybody on this street wants to sell. <laughs> so <That's> nice. <laughs> um, it just kind of depends. I mean, we'll be probably going under a review on that property here shortly, closing on it <clears throat> far below the list price. Um, it's a, it's definitely a challenging one that the height of the property is already up a story in dirt and retaining walls. And then the house is up above that. So oh, wow. looking at it from the street, you know, we're looking at a 6,000 square foot lot that has yards and yards of dirt in there. Right. So it's the first one that I see that I'm like, uh, you know, we really got to figure that out. Cause that could be 250, 300 grand in, in dirt haul out before we even break ground or even get close to breaking ground. So I think that's going to be a challenge for sure. But I'm like, oh, fuck it. Let's do it anyway. Let's try it. See what happens. Like, who cares? Um, And then the cool thing about it, too, is it's complete communities. Complete communities is um, an overlay of the zoning. San Diego rezoned everything in 2018. This overlay, complete communities overlay. The lot is zoned RM2-5, which basically allows FAR is is maximizing that lot, right? Um, FAR is, if you don't know what that is, I would just advise to look it up because I am not an architect or anything like that. I just know this from our architect. Um, but complete communities overlay just allows more density in certain areas uh, of San Diego because there's such a housing shortage. So I think on this lot specifically, we're pegging it at eight to 12 units without complete communities, but complete communities could take us up to 30. Now, if we join the neighboring lots, let's just say we buy three next to each other, or the two side as beside it, that could take us to 50 potentially, depending on where we get in the rezone process adjoining those lots. You know, there's a lot that kind of goes into it. Complete communities this is a lot newer for a lot of people. Some people, some developers don't like it because you do have to have low income housing, affordable housing in complete communities. And you do have um, a couple of other stipulations, but as far as getting a house that you're going to demo for a million bucks and putting 30 units on it, where it cap rates, you know, between nine, 12, 15%, which is uh, wow. unheard of here. Yeah. Right. So I think that building and, and going through this process, like seeing every angle of the lot is the most important and complete communities. If it allows it, go for it. So just mm-hmm. to clarify for everybody else, this is currently a single family house. Mm-hmm. So it isn't currently a bunch of units. You're going to be taking it back down and putting it back up correct into 
30, 30 units right now. <laughs> That's crazy. Potentially. Potentially. I think so we're in we're in like permitting process of another property on this exact street mm-hmm. so uh that's how that one goes yeah. what's their turnaround time right now so i think you know i conservatively some people think they can get these done in two years i think three two to three i think after two years you're probably halfway done are you thinking uh-huh. built like built and and you're starting to get tenants in three years okay yeah once you get that occupancy permit which is obviously the final final stamp of approval I think you can I think it could be I think three years is safe I'd rather spend more time on it do it right um some people think 18 months I think they're crazy did you underwrite it at three yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and then what's the financing throughout the project so we use liquid cash. So we use OPM, other people's money. Uh, we have like a, a little pool of investors that we buy the property's cash. And then, you know, we'll, we may get a construction loan um, for the build outs, but chances are we're just cash all the way to the end. Uh, and then we rent them up and we hold them long term. And whether that turns into a 1031 later on down the road, it just kind of depends. Mm hmm. Do you pay them out at any point then you put a loan on it after it's completed or they're in the deal the whole time? So we partner with our investors. We are either 50, 50 or thirds or however it works, depending on the deal, which some of these deals, like, you know, the cash flow is insane amounts of money per year and rent. So it's, you know, I mean, doing two, three, four of them, you're you're easily net profiting per year off of rents close to a million bucks, if not more than that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's really enticing for them. And it it's easy for us because we don't put any of our own cash into the deal. We just mm-hmm. have the knowledge, right? So we just join the two together. How yeah. are they secured with their investment? Uh, we create LLCs. Uh, we don't do trust deeds or anything like that. We're just partnered in an LLC and then our S corporations own them separately. That is also something that you should talk to an attorney about. Do not, that is, we do it differently. Um, I, I do it by the advice of my attorney who does all of what are my stuff, but everybody should talk to their own person. Where did you come up with your three year um, underwriting number and or since being new to this there must have been a lot of elements where you were like what is a good like reference point especially when you're dealing with San Diego and permitting and the fact that like what happens if you need to go and change out like what have you done a soils report have you done any like what kind of additional underwriting or problem solving or inspections, due diligence, I guess, was performed or not that you learned? None of it. (laughs) Uh, We don't. We're just buying it. We're bringing that thing down to the ground. We're building it back up again. Yeah. So I think a lot of what we've done so far is literally like, hey, like I'm new at this. There are some developers around town who are like, they lock the deal. They're in escrow for six months. They do a feasibility study. They bring in their architect and already do all of those things and get an actual, because an architect isn't going to stamp off on it until you go under a site analysis, right? Mm -hmm. We close on the property and then do all of that. 
Got it. Our worst case scenario on some of these that we know for sure is, okay, eight to 12 units. Okay. We're still like cash flowing this thing three to 400, sometimes half a million bucks a year at that number with the rents doing, even if we added garages and did this and did this, we come up with every plan possible that may not be super, super legit. Right. Mm -hmm. But But as long as as we have, we'd have the general knowledge. I don't recommend that, but I've just followed Luke's lead on that. He's like, that's well, funny. We can, close in, we can close in 10 days. And, and I'm then like, we'll figure it out. I think, <laughs> I think you should, I think that's also, if you have like a good knowledge history base and you run all these scenarios and like your worst case scenario isn't, is still pretty good. Still a win. Then I mean, why not? Yeah. Right. I don't, I think that that's kind of the beauty of it. Like, I mean, your worst case scenario on a flip back in 2021 and 2020 was overpaying for it right out of the gate, right? right. And still profiting potentially mm-hmm. that the the sales price driving up. So, you know, overpaying for property was okay. Now your worst case scenario is if you overpay for it, you're probably going to make nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So on these deals, our pitch is like, hey, because we have, we have enough of them now to understand the process. So- It's like, I'm not going to lock it up for six months and do a fucking feasibility study. We're going to have to do that anyway. But we know our worst case scenario with our architect and these saying H12 units without complete communities. Okay, great. Um, You know, things obviously change, but uh, I actually just recently let go of a deal that wouldn't allow for a certain overlay and zoning be, and I thought it would be eight units, but, you know, looking at the preliminary title report, I'm like, fuck, this is, there's, there's no building permit access past four units. So we can't do more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, honestly, it's fuck it. Who cares? You're going to figure it out. In reference yeah. to your feasibility study, name some big things that you would prefer to do or is going to be the first things that you're going to do um I also don't know that I let Luke do that (laughs) fair enough I bring I bring the deals I know the baseline of the deal and I let Luke run with the rest and I keep bringing them in and that's because that's what I'm good at I'm good at acquisitions I don't veer off from that um I'm good at negotiating so I don't veer off from that and Luke is good at the other shit and you know that's that's good though yeah it's very that's that's ends up being very uh what's the word what's the word sounds like for? you guys compliment each that, other yeah well. hold that and you just end up turning into like a really good working machine you're not kind of like double crossing on things where you know you have your specialties and then you combine it and you turn to this hybrid engine yep exactly i just yeah i don't I don't, I don't want to be good at the other things. I just <laughs> want to be good at getting the deal because that's the only thing that's the hardest part actually is getting the deal, you know, cold calling or just anything. I don't really cold call anymore, but getting the deal is always fucking hard. Yeah. It's a grind. It's a total grind. Yeah. I mean, You're like, I'll get the deal and then just pay me my money down the road. <laughs> literally. Fuck it. <laughs> How do you stay motivated? 
not motivated. <laughs> That's a lie. I, I drink every day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was for a while. It was for a while. You can turn into an alcoholic really quick in this business. Yeah. Uh, and I see it all the time. Luckily, I'm not any of those things. But <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty stressful. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think money motivates me. You know, I never want to be broke again. Yeah. Never. I never want to like wonder if I'm going to have food or just anything like that. Like when I was younger, it was hard. Right. I think we've all had that. It was just, it's just fucking hard. But um, I just never I want if I someday want to go buy a $250,000 boat, I want to be liquid enough so I can walk in anywhere the day I decide I want it and buy it like that's motivating enough if that doesn't motivate people I just I you know I can't imagine just very long-term financial freedom yeah I just can't imagine (laughs) living paycheck to paycheck you know so crazy to me like it blows my mind that people are okay with that what are you doing your free time when you're not working work (laughs) more work yeah (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I have been working a lot. I took like six months off last year. Yeah, I remember seeing that on Instagram. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I just I got so burnt out. I was like, I literally just left town and I didn't tell anybody. I was like, I'm out. And then I was like doing some work in another state. And so I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm going to just keep doing this. And I needed to be there anyway. So I was just like, oh, fuck it. Like, then I just took off in my car and I literally was just like road tripping. It was like sleeping in my car, camping in my car. I was going every place, all the Western United States. I've been there. <laughs> I've camped there. I've probably been to that gas station. <laughs> I took a bath in a fucking not working uh, um, laundromat. But yeah, I literally did not work for, I think, three months. I didn't see anybody for three months. I didn't talk to anyone. I said, all right, I'm fucking out of here. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I was at the time working with another investor um, and just like the amount of stress that, you know, that was put on me was just insane. I just and, you know, everybody breaks. They have their breaking point and I'll work hours a day and I don't give a fuck but to like be treated shitty is like different you just don't treat people like shit and you don't you you don't like you just don't do that and you know so I was just like ah I'm out and then I went to I've been to Tulum twice now but I went to Tulum I went to Columbia I went to Death Valley I've been everywhere I just did everything because I was just not ready to come back to work and then I was in Columbia in January this year and I was like, all right, I think I've had my fill. Like I've been hammered for six months and partied. <laughs> I did everything. I have seen so many things. I've hiked the most beautiful places in the Western United States. And I was just like, all right, I'm, I think I'm ready to work again. And so I came back and I was like, all right, 2022 is my year. Every year, boom, pandemic. So, yeah, um, yeah, I kind of hit it hard, and now it's just busy and it's like way more chill, and it's been great because, yeah, I was ready to come back, but it's the luxury of being able to fucking leave was so amazing. Yeah, you know, 
Yeah, just that's like, amazing. And just being able to make the decision of where you want to put your efforts. Mm-hmm. You can choose who you want to work with, choose what types of deals you want to do. And so it mm-hmm. sounds like you just had a good like reset by getting out and giving your brain a little bit of a break. It's yeah. needed. Oh, everybody don't. I don't I don't think you should you know live to work, always work to live. I had to learn that last year taught me that I because I'd been working, you know, the last since I started in real estate, you really have to have that ramp up period. And I was just like, you know what? I have cash laying around. I'm gonna go fucking not camp in an Airbnb. I'm <laughs> gonna camp in my car to save it. Spend what I want if I want to, but Having that uh, luxury is second to none. If I was still selling cars, I couldn't fucking do that. They would have fired me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And they would have been like, yeah, oh, you need a mental health reset? Go fuck yourself. It was a fucking great time to be me. I know that. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I like like the breaks. I'm going to take one soon. Yeah. Where are you going to go? I think I'm planning a trip to Bali early next year. So I kind of want to go into like a villa there as an investment. So they're pretty fucking cheap. So we'll so, see about so that. So you're saying to buy one mm-hmm. and then rent it out to other tourists? Yeah. Or just like an Airbnb. Pre- yeah. Yeah. I um have, I have a lot of Airbnb experience, oddly, just like random here and there, just like, oh, I'm going to rent this place and sublease it, like <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I want to do that. I kind of just like want to diversify and not, I don't want to be in America. You know, I think like I want to travel and shit. So I think I'm going to start working on stuff like that next year. Um, I don't know that I'll slow down on flipping anytime soon, but Bali for sure next year. And then I don't know. I might, I've been thinking about buying a van and converting it Uh, and literally just traveling around the U.S. Like going to a major city, like living in a van, going to major cities and flipping fucking a house. (laughs) But I think it'd be cool just to like go and connect with people like in the U.S. at some point and just flipping houses and just like seeing where that takes it on a global scale. Cause they don't think that I think the world is a lot smaller than we think. And I think connecting with other people in the U S could connect me outside of the U S to do other investments in other countries, which is something I just really want to do. The last question I have for you, I don't know if you have any other final questions too, but I feel like you just have such a good energy and you like convey that through social media too, but like in person too. And with you know lfg like you're just like let's go let's do this let's make it happen like only see the positive what drugs do you do that's what she's asking (laughs) yeah and can i have some (laughs) yeah yeah i I, yes absolutely (laughs) now i'm curious if that's just part of your innate personality or if that's something that you make a conscious effort to pump yourself up in that way or a combination or just tell us more about where that comes from. Um, I've always been extremely, uh, do you guys know the Enneagram? Yeah. Can you explain? Yeah. Okay. So the Enneagram is a personality test. Fuck horoscopes. I mean, I've never really believed in that shit anyway, but I aren't, you don't believe like when Mercury goes into like a retro shade, retro shade. (laughs) 
I heard it's dangerous. Oh, I'm sure. And like girls get angry and stuff. Oh yeah, honestly, fuck. I get angry without that. So, <laughs> uh, and it's funny because I literally find comfort in anger. Like I'm quick. Like I don't get upset. Like I don't get sad. I just get fucking pissed. I'm like, all right, <laughs> we're skipping this and we're going straight. <laughs> yeah, red zone. Um, I'm a type eight on the enneagram, and so is Donald Trump. If that tells you anything, is this <laughs> the one with the uh, with the uh, with the with I the letters Y P? No, that's uh, my, that's Myers Briggs. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, I kind of went in, I, I just literally have just been this way my whole life. I mean, I've always been in sports. I am just, I'm just very happy. Like I'm actually, it's funny because I'm not super extroverted, like in my head, but when I'm around people, like even at Wolf Bomber, like, I'm just like, dude, it's just fucking go time. Like I always, every deal that I've lost, I still think is a deal. Like, I don't lose that momentum because the second that you do, I've just never felt, I've never really gotten down on anything. Like, yeah, okay, it sucks. But I just still think the deal is a deal. Like, I will take it to the very end. I just feel like in sports and everything, and it is kind of a little draining sometimes. Like, everybody expects, like, when I walk into the office, I'm like, what's up, motherfuckers? Like, that's just me. That's me when I see you, like that's how I am a hundred percent of the time. And that's literally actually just who I am. Like if you ask my friends, like my friends outside of real estate about Ashley Chapman, they're going to say that like Ashley is just 100. Like there is not a single person like that. And I don't want to be like anybody else. I just feel like everything is exciting to me all the time. I could go to Costco and be like, Oh, Coors Light is still 23 bucks. Fucking cool. Like and I <laughs> everybody in the aisle, like, dude, everybody Coors Light is still $23. Oh, like it's amazing. just, my parents think I'm fucking nuts. Um, I don't know where I came from as far as like my family <laughs> is concerned. My brother and I are not the same, but I just think that, I don't know. I just don't, I don't really look at anything as like, oh, I lost the deal or anything like that. I just keep the momentum because without that, you get down on yourself since I was fucking playing AAU basketball and shit, like you bring everybody else down with you Mm -hmm. and in sports and shit. That was so apparent to me with the attitude problem that I had when I was young, that my coaches corrected real fucking quick. And it's just (laughs) kind of like, that's my mindset now. And I don't know. I don't know what it's like to not be LFG. It's like, all right, walk out the door. It's like, all right, we're listening to fucking ACDC all the way to the appointment we're walking in. I don't pull comps. I don't do anything. I just walk in like it is just is what it is, you know, and I run like that every day, all fucking day. Well, any final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Let's LFG. LFG. Let's roll. <laughs> she likes <laughs> the acronym. Better. I know. <laughs> well, it was so fun hanging out with you. And for anyone who wants to connect with you, where can they find you? At the Ashley Graham on Instagram, Ashley Chapman on Facebook. I don't really use LinkedIn like other professionals, so I'm not professional. Don't contact me on there. Uh, (laughs) I don't really use, I definitely Snapchat because I can be way more of a degenerate on there, but I wouldn't hit me up on there. I mean, you could text me, uh, but I mean, you could just Instagram me. Everybody does that now. And I mean, people are like doing deals with me on Instagram now and I don't actually prefer communication over there, but if that's the easiest way to connect, just hit me up. Sounds good. We'll link all that in the show notes for everyone to reach out. Perfect. 
We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Built Different podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram at built.different.podcast. Check out the show notes for additional information and resources.